0: Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Julie R. and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, June 12th, the 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting. Today we are reading from the big book and we are on page 70, starting with the third paragraph as we have been thorough through two paragraphs ending with chunks of truth about yourself. Comments will be on both. Today's readers are Rachel N M, Gina F and Leslie W. The share ID for Monday, June 11th, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time Meeting is 11,521. For the 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time Meeting, it is 11,523. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating, I will now ask Melissa C.K. to read the 12 steps.
1: Good morning, Vision family. This is Melissa C.K. I'm calling in from Chattanooga, Tennessee. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Okay. yes now we can okay sorry about that let's see where was i i think step six we're entirely ready to have god remove all these defects of character seven humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings eight made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all
2: Um Melissa TK, we're having some difficulty. Um
3: I can jump in there if you want me thank to Thank you.
0: Yes, go ahead please.
3: Were we on step eight? Um yes. I believe. Made a list. Eight. Made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought for prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and practice these principles in all our affairs Yes.
0: Thank you, Janice, ma'am. And Laura A., would you please read the 12 conditions?
4: Hi, this is Laura A. from New Hampshire, recovering compulsive overeater. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thanks for letting me be service and I pass. Thank you, Laura A.
0: How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share what was read. Anyone can share but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 70, starting with the third paragraph. If we have been thorough, reading through two paragraphs, ending with chunks of truth about yourself. Comments will be on both. I will now ask Rachel N.M. to begin reading.
2: Good morning, this is Rachel N.M. I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive reader and anorexic. If we have been through about our personal inventory, we have written down a lot. We have listed and analyzed our resentments. We have begun to comprehend their futility and their fatality. We have commenced to see their terrible destructiveness. We have begun to learn tolerance, patience, and goodwill toward all men, even our enemies for we look on them as sick people. We have listed the people we have hurt by our conduct and are willing to straighten out the past if we can. In this book you read again and again that faith did for us what we could not do for ourselves. We hope you are convinced now that God can remove whatever self-will has blocked you off from Him. If you have already made a decision and an inventory of your grosser handicaps, you have made a good beginning. That being so, you have swallowed and digested some big truths about yourself, some big tru- chunks of truth about yourself. Well, we look at this um, big book as a, a textbook here. And so these last couple paragraphs of the chapter, how it works, are summarizing the chapter. And what we've done, and it's interesting to note that alcohol is not even mentioned, um because we know that that, and we know that that was put down in the earlier chapters, um, at step one. And that the bigger part of our, of my disease is my inside, my head, um, and my heart. And I, I really resonate with what it says that, um, First of all, we've done a lot. We've written down a lot at this step in our journey, this place in our journey. And yet we have only begun to comprehend the futility and the fatality of our resentments. And we have only begun to learn tolerance, patience, and goodwill toward all men. And I relate with that. I, I feel so, so grateful that food is not an issue in my life anymore, and I feel so grateful for this way of life that I've learned through the Big Book, um, and that God has shown me His way. And yet, a, a few years into into abstinence and into recovery, and I still feel like I'm at the beginning of my journey, and and really realizing the futility of and and fatality of self-will, and and how to treat other people, and even feel inside towards other people, the tolerance, patience, and goodwill that God has towards me. Um, So it's definitely a continuing journey for me. I'm so thankful for what God has done for me, and I absolutely um, can give testimony that faith has done for me what I could never have done for myself, and that God has removed um, plenty of self-will from me, even though He has more work to do for, with me in the future, I trust. And thank you for allowing me to do service, I pass.
0: Thank you very much, Rachel N M. M. And who would like to share on the two paragraphs that were just read? Lisa Nancy B. H. K- Lisa B. Katie F. Nan- K- Nancy H. Um, there was somebody right after Nancy H., a woman. KDF. Katie F. Katie F. Larry K. We'll take one more. P. Who? Tenzin P. Tenzin P. Okay, great. Uh, So it'll be Lisa B., Nancy H., Katie F., Larry K., Tenzin P. Go ahead, Lisa B.
5: Good morning. My name is Lisa B. I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. And thank you, Julie, for your service. I was listening to the reading this morning and I read it before our meeting started. And what came to my mind is the internal dilemma. My problem is internal. And you know, in this chapter that we're just concluding today, it's telling me, and I was just looking for the page um, on page 64, it says when the spiritual malady is overcome, we straighten out mentally and physically. And I can share with you that that is my experience. I, want to forget often that this is internal i want to try and make the things outside of me better i've been doing that my whole life and when i started this book in this process with my big book guide starting with the title page and seeing that the very first promise for me is there on the title page that how many thousands of men and women have recovered from alcoholism that that's a promise for me but the, the thing about this step and step four is seeing the internal problem the internal dilemma and and the denial and you know when i finished this step and went on to step five there were still many things that i had not yet seen that my higher power just did not reveal to me, and I didn't get to see many of those things until I got into my 10th step and got unblocked from doing steps 4 through 9. And it's an ongoing journey, but I just need to share about the promise of that consciousness, the consciousness today of my higher power, the awareness of that presence is the most important thing for me. And, you know, I can read this book and study it, and I will not get recovered. I must do what it says in this book really precisely. You know it is a recipe, and that's what failed me all through the years. I kept wanting to leave something out. You know, even in abstinence, I still want to try, try and leave something out. And I recently, through the help of many recovered fellows, was able to uncover yet another thing that was on my abstinent food plan that became way too important for me. And that's so important for me to surrender it because I need. I desperately need that connection with my higher power, and I'm so grateful today to be recovered and be in the solution. I pass.
0: Thank you, Lisa B, Nancy H, followed by Katie F.
6: Good morning, everyone. This is Nancy H, a grateful recovered compulsive overreader, in Massachusetts. Um, this is I like these two paragraphs because I I am now convinced, as it says in the top of the page, but um, I did all these things that that were required. And I didn't think I was going to get that much out of it, because. but when I did my fourth step and my fifth step, I realized all the things that I had been doing to people that I thought was their fault. So I, I made my amends. I made like 81 amends. Um, then I, I realized their fatality and their futility, as it says here. And I began to realize that I had destructed some people that I was blaming for, you know, I I was letting their little behaviors get to me, and I was... Um, putting them through hell, actually. So I now have tolerance, patience, and goodwill toward all the people I, I re- I'm in relation with. And um, I look at, I, if I don't like what they're doing, I have to realize what somebody told me that they're all in the world just like me doing the best they can. And so because of that, I, I don't seem to have the resentments that much anymore. You know, they come up once in a while, but it's usually at things, not people and uh or people's incompetence or whatever but um to to straighten out the past i feel like i'm free i don't have I, I don't go around with all these things in my head thinking oh my god if i meet this person what are they going to think i still wonder what people think about me because i'm a people pleaser but here it says in this book we read again and again that faith is what did for us what we could you know god did for me what i could not do for myself and so I am convinced that God can remove whatever self-will has blocked Him off, uh, blocked me off from Him. And I seem to have a different. Uh, now I look at not what I can give to a re- what I can get from a relationship, but what I can give. And I don't let my pride say, "Oh, but they don't have anything to offer me," because what it is is that I'm content just enjoying them as they are. And uh, it says if you've already made a decision, you've gross the handicaps, you've made a good beginning, but they're saying the next chapter is into action, and they're saying that you might have swallowed these truths about yourself and you might even have told someone else, but there's a lot more work to do before you get free. And now I'm living in the promises. I, I My thinking has totally changed as opposed to the way I used to think. And I um, I can't actually, it surprises me every so often that I'll think something and then I feel so good after that I didn't blame somebody else for it because I do my 10 steps every day. And then I do my 11-step review at night. And I even review in the morning before I ask God to show me what the day is going to bring and what he wants for me. So I definitely um, am convinced that God can remove whatever self-will has blocked us off because I was a, I was self-will run riot. And I never stopped uh, you know, using that as a way to get Fine. through in life. Uh, So with that, I'll pass. Thank you for letting me share.
0: Thank you, Nancy H. It will be Katie F. followed by Larry K. Go ahead, Katie.
7: Good morning. This is Katie F., a recovered compulsive overeater in Virginia. And, um, you know, I had something come up just the other day. I mean, you know, I've been abstinent for, for, for several decades, and yet life happens. You know, I've had to learn that um, even though I've done these steps and even though I feel so recovered and changed and look at me, um, which, of course, I'm saying that tongue in cheek, I hope I don't live that way. But I think that because I've learned all these spiritual principles that that everything's going to be smooth all the time. I, I, I have had to learn that that isn't the goal, that I have to learn how to live as um, one among many as a as a, a fellow human in this um thing called life. And, you know, so I was I was literally in the middle of a very frustrating situation and I read this paragraph. Um we begun to comprehend their futility and their fatality. And I saw as I was, you know, bridling my tongue. I mean I was bridling my tongue, but you know, there was um a storm going on in my head over this situation and I just thought, isn't there something I need to say? Isn't there something I need to do? And, you know, but as I sat there not, not acting out and I looked at these words and futility, you know, for me to sit there and regurgitate it over and over in my head of what happened um, was only hurting me. And of course, to be uh, destructive and yelling and screaming and stomping my feet, like a five-year-old would be fatal to the people that I would be lashing out at. And, you know, I just, am so grateful that we learn how to live our life. Um, you know, it's not this once and done thing where, you know, I did the steps decades ago and, you know, I learned to um, accept my father who never had a relationship with me after he left my mother. You know, I, I, I understand that, but, you know, what about today? What about the here and now when people don't do what I want them to do and people don't, you know, act the way I want them to act? And then I have to step back and say, well, what, what was my part? Aren't I the one who said that this situation was okay? Aren't I the one who endorsed this whole situation and now it's not going the way I thought? And so who's at fault here? And, you know, I couldn't do that if I was acting out in this way of, screaming and yelling and just my same old, you know, or, or silent scorn. Um, so I'm just so grateful for this process that we can go through these steps every day and come through the other side without creating new havoc. And with that, I'll pass. It.
0: Thank you, Katie. F.
8: Larry K. followed by Tenzin P. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for your service. The, um, You know, I I don't like beginnings. I I like a beginning and I like an end. That's one of the reasons I like conceptually the notion of a diet, because it had a beginning and an end. It had a weight that I started at and a weight in my mind that I would end at. Tells us here we made a beginning. What's so difficult about starting a process of change? It's these beginnings. For one thing, it requires me to make a mental leap that I – that could be really challenging for a guy like me, you know, forcing myself to to sort of disconnect from what I'm doing right now and do something that at least initially may not be enjoyable, it's scary to me. So I always imagine that my future self will somehow be more eager to do what in the moment isn't very appealing. And my future self, you know, the one in my mind today is scared. Because the truth is, I don't know how this is all going to end. And that's the beauty of this. It isn't, there is no ending. There is no ending to this fairy tale, right? But I, if you're like me, you struggle with starting, and, and you ask yourself what's holding you back, is it a, a difficulty in connecting with this future version of ourselves, the one that will be so glad that you finally started a process because you're, you're so deeply rooted in the present moment, or is it something else? Maybe it's fear of, you know, it's this perfectionism that keeps me tied here. But we made a beginning. And, you know, I'm not going to get sucked into the whole world where I'm not sure that I'm ready. I just, I, I feel the fear and I do it anyway. And I continue in a process. I, I need to trust the process. I need to constantly remind myself, even today, to trust the process, a process that's worked for so many others because I can't deny that it's worked for you. And what's worked for you eventually worked for me. And I don't want to get too absorbed in the the you know the the process, you know, stay in my swim lane. I've heard people say, I've got to stay in my swim lane. And you know, the big book reminds me that part of this vision that we're embarking on here is to abandon ourselves to God as we understand God. That's what this thing is. There, there is no spiritual part of the program. The whole darn program is spiritual. Now, you don't have to work it that way, and there's more than one person on the line that perhaps is not working it that way, and that's okay. There's no have-tos, but I know today that this whole program is spiritual. Everything that I do that I engage in is spiritual. It's not a piece of it, and I'm grateful for that. And then the miraculous change begins to come, and it continues to unfold, and there's no ending. There's no beginning and no ending. It's not a diet. So grateful. With that, I pass. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Larry Kay. Pins and P., you're next. Hi, I'm here.
9: And- um, yes. Good morning everyone. Um so grateful for where we are in the big book and all the shares. Wow. So uh these two paragraphs they they sum up where we have been in this process and also um give us pointers about where we are headed and um it's wonderful. So if we have been through our personal, if we have been thorough with our personal inventory, we have written down a lot. I just I read that and I went ha ha ha. Well, my perfectionism also got involved in my fourth step, this current fourth step. I've uh, there were hundreds on the list, and um, we have listed and analyzed our resentments, begun to comprehend their futility and fatality. Um, I find at this point I'm in my ninth step, uh, working away, w- working uh, as best of my ability, 10, 11, 12 as well, uh, but I find that uh, resentments are y- y becoming much more to the, to my awareness than I knew, um, and to some extent, they are still a red flag of what they are doing wrong now I have antidotes in ten, eleven, twelve, and in my spiritual practice. But I'm aware, reading this review, a couple of paragraphs, that um, that there, there will be deeper, God willing, and and with my work as well, that I will go deeper in the process of releasing the resentments and um, right. So beginning to learn tolerance, patience, and goodwill towards all um, I notice that I have a lot of judgment and judgmental and impatience with others who seem to have a very go figure who seem to have a very shallow reading of their own motivations and with these last two sentences you know with these last two paragraphs I'm realizing that mm, this is resentment in a way of about my non-acceptance about being a human being. I do the work of this program, but there's a huge one about acceptance that um, that where we are in the, in the big book is bringing to light. So um, it's a huge place also to be reminded of the second and third step. It says in these paragraphs, you read again and again, that faith did for us what we could not do for ourselves, so the light bulb is getting a little bit brighter as I think about turning this whole list, this list of hundreds of names over to the care of God and ask for help as I walk through the steps. So I'm um, very grateful for this process, for how I am changing and how it's affecting all those around me in a positive way. And with right. that, I pass.
0: Thank you. Uh, for those who just got on the line, we read two paragraphs starting on page 70, if we have been thorough about our personal inventory, through the second paragraph on page 71, ending with um, some big chunks of truth about yourself. And who would like to share? Debbie R. Debbie R. Melissa C. Melissa C.
3: Cat.
0: I didn't catch that. Cat. Kathy K yes anyone else Leah M Carolyn SH Leah
10: M Carolyn
0: SH More Z More Z okay we're going to stop there so I have Debbie R Melissa C Kathy K Leah M Carolyn SH and Maura Z go ahead Debbie R Hi, my name is Debbie. I'm a real
11: compulsive overeater, and thanks to everyone giving service on the call, and thanks to everyone on the call. Uh, My higher power has a sense of humor. Um, I got a resentment with a co-worker yesterday who offered me a sugar product, and I work as an addictions counselor, we're both addictions counselors and recovering addicts, so he understands about the alcohol and drugs and not as much about the food. And I got ir- irate and I wasn't nice and blah, blah, blah. And so when I journaled about it, uh, I realized he's not the one. Whether or not he gets it about my compulsive overeating is not the issue. There's this part of me me that doesn't get it. I came into Overeaters Anonymous in September of '87. I'm five days out of a, uh, another relapse, and so God is awesome, and so the resentment is probably at myself and my disease, and I like the part where it says, you know, other people are sick and be loving, patient, and tolerant, but the thing that my parents didn't teach me, although they did the best they could, the loving, patience, and tolerance has to start with me. I can't give it to you unless I get it for myself first. You know, and so uh, I made an amends to him. He's frosty this morning, but that's none of my business. You know, uh, my business is my searching and fearless moral inventory. And the other not-so-funny part is, you know, if I'm butt-naked honest, I'd still prefer to take somebody else's inventory. And I was about to say it doesn't work anymore, but it never worked. And I'm grateful for this book and grateful for God sending these words through his children, to help his children who suffer with this homicidal disease. This is not a social club for me. This is not a fraternity for me. I'm trying to save my life, the only life that I can surrender. And so I'm grateful for this book and any help that God sends me on a day-to-day basis to see about me and to heal me uh, and to be a model for what he can do because if I could have done this by myself, I would
0: have. Thanks. Thank you, Debbie R. Melissa C. Followed by Kathy K.
12: Hi.
13: Good morning, Julie. Can you hear me? Yes. Hi. Thank you. And if you could time me too, I can't. I can't see my timer. So it's Melissa C. Um, recovered compulsive overeater in New York. And you know, like all my life, um, all I wanted was a way to be thin. Like, like um, I wanted just to be in a thin body, and I wanted to have peace with my body and with food. And that, my God, I wasn't even dreaming big enough. Like, that, um, that's a piece of cake compared to this. Um, you know, and, and I was told I'm not going to be able to use willpower to achieve that. Like, that will never come as a result of willpower, that I'm going to have to find a power much greater than me. Um and And thankfully, you know that is the truth because my willpower failed um you know, and now, living recovered um I'm constantly reminded that resentments are um futile and fatal, they're pointless and they're deadly and um and I can although I you know God is what removes them um I I do somewhat rely on willpower so that I'm not courting my resentments and um, my hurts. And the actions I take um, are like the opposite of what I would want to do when I'm upset with someone. You know, when I'm upset with someone, I want to call everybody who's going to agree with me. I'm going to take out the list in my head of all the things they did to screw me so that I can stay right. And, um, you know, and the truth is I can't live that way because it will kill me, you know? Um, And so my, you know, my incredible experience is that I have a colleague, a coworker who um, I have to exercise willpower so that I don't court my resentments against her. And, Um, Because it's me. I'm the sick person in this relationship. And when I pray for her, um, it works. Like, it actually really works. As much as it worked coming up with a food plan, getting a food plan and committing to it and and living uh, in in alignment with what I said, um, it's the same thing with with the prayers. It works. And so yesterday... um, I had this incredible, loving conversation with her, where God just demonstrated to me she has the same insecurities as, and hurts as I do, and um, and that's just it's so reassuring. I really am the sick person here, and um, knowing that, I continue to pray for her, and, and I'm relieved. Thank you.
0: With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa C. Kathy K. Followed by Leah M.
3: Thank you, Julie, for your service. This is Kathy Kay Recovered in Boston. I love these two paragraphs and everything people have shared. For me, these are the fourth-step promises. Um, they tell us that if we do the work as it's outlined in this chapter, we will know a new freedom and a new happiness, Um And uh, I found that when I completed my first very thorough fourth step that I was immediately relieved of long-standing resentments um, that had been part of my life as long as I could remember. What I also found was that um, when I finally completed um, the ninth step, and was beginning to practice living in ten eleven, and twelve that my fears, my basic fears persisted and i I got very discouraged. I began to question whether um this work had really worked for me because I was um living still regularly in fear. And I must say that today, um, while it's diminished somewhat, it's still uh, quite uh, prevalent in my life, fear of not being good enough, um, fear of not being loved, fear of losing uh, security, all kinds of fears, Um, and... What I've had to do is not only practice acceptance, but also um, reframe it as uh, an opportunity to get closer to God and to lean on God even more than I have been leaning on God, which is so challenging for me anyway. Um, As a self-reliant person, uh, I'm still working on that. But it gives me much hope to realize that um, I have every day the option, the freedom, and the choice to go to God and to surrender my fear and just do the next right action that I discern He wants me to do. That's what living uh, in these fourth-step promises are about, and with that I
14: pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Kathy Kay. Leah M. followed by Carolyn S. H.
14: Thank you very much. We have begun to comprehend their futility and their fatality. We have commenced to see their terrible destructiveness. I was 23 years old when someone in whom the problem had been solved sat me down and instructed me on these directions, and I wrote down... uh, the warehouses of my mind the stored experiences that you know had never been uh looked at and processed um you know it was <laughs> it was amazing to see uh the resentments on paper to see that experiences that had happened in 1969 were things I was still reliving. We talk about being, resentments being some things that we re-feel, things that I was um, (laughs) re-feeling, you know, uh, almost two decades later. um, You know, the fears, how many fears were riddling my mind, my life, This was a process of naming and beginning to remove the sludge that had accumulated over years during my self-centered efforts to survive managing my own life to the best of my ability, and I had done a terrible, terrible job. And if you looked around, I mean, it read like page 52, the bedevilments. My inventory described in technicolor who I was, uh, who I wasn't, my core belief systems, how that had discolored and twisted my personality. Um, And I began to realize, of course, with someone um, who had been through this process and had decades of guiding others through the process, that I did not see or react to reality correctly. I didn't process reality correctly. Uh, I certainly didn't process certain binge foods properly, and I did not process reality correctly. I also began to accept the truth that I could not change the past or control the future, but I did have a responsibility, and taking this first action step of step four was a responsibility in my recovery for my own attitudes, my own efforts, and my own behavior in the present. And slowly, with the help of this guide, we began to turn my life and rearrange it because God wanted me to be free. And grace was surrounding me. He, God had provided someone in whom the problem had been solved as a guide. Was I willing to open myself up and accept this offer and this relationship of a power greater than myself that was going to bring me home and restore me to sanity. And that's exactly what happened. So just wrapping up, when that statement says, we hope you're convinced now that God can remove whatever self-will has blocked you off from him, this experience gave me exactly that, the knowledge that he can and will if I seek him. And with that, I pass. Thanks.
0: Thank you, A.M. Carolyn S.H. followed by Morsey.
12: Hi. Good morning. Thank you, Julie, for your service. Carolyn S.H. calling from Massachusetts. Um, uh, I'm starting my timer. Um, uh, I am uh, going through the steps again, and I just a few days ago um, was at the East Paragraph, and... Um, it, I don't know how to express it, but i'm gonna try um i I'm actually grateful for the fact that i've i learned um over the past several months that my my abstinence was not abstinent my quote abstinence was not abstinent um because then I had the opportunity to um kind of start again um and uh to get entirely abstinent and start from step one. And I think because I had been entirely abstinent at one point and I had gone through the steps that way, um, in doing it now, I'm, it's like I'm a different person and having a completely different experience. And it's just an amazing thing. Um, and so I just want to say a bit about my experience doing this part, um, this time around. Um, and, uh, Step four, I think I've shared before, all parts of step four, um, the resentment, the fear, and the sex part. were are all very different this time and much more simple. Um, and I, I dare say I'm actually enjoying going through the steps. Um, and um, so when we got to this part, we read these two paragraphs. Um, my current sponsor had me... Um ask myself in that first paragraph that was read today these
8: um take innumerable forms there are some general principles which we find guiding, reminding ourselves that we have decided to
0: i'm not sure what that is, but go ahead go ahead Carolyn that was interesting
12: <laughs> um that yeah that was yeah anyway, okay, so um not to get distracted, so I had um she asked me to ask myself the question like the sentences that are in that first paragraph to ask them as questions. Um, so like, kind of like now that I've lifted and analyzed my resentments, do I feel like I've begun to comprehend their futility and their fatality? And I had to like stop and think about that. Um, and, um, I, and it was really interesting because part of me was like, well, I guess, and I, and I had to like really, like if the answer's no, then then something's wrong. Then I gotta go back, right? So I really had to think about it um and look at my column fours and then say, Yes, you know, yes. Um and what was striking to me was that it wasn't a clear immediate yes. Like 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 are you pitting me? What like of course. Um and I know I only have a few seconds here. Um uh, and then like, just the whole realization, like, asking all those, um, all the comments there in that paragraph, asking them as questions, really made me pause and think, like, this, the whole point of this process is to see that I'm the one doing it, right? That, that um, it's, the whole point is to let go. Um, yeah, and, and uh, that's all I got. I'm out of time. Thanks With that. I pass.
0: Thank you, Carolyn. S.H. Morrissey, you're next.
10: Good morning, Julie. Thank you for your service this morning. I'm trying to get my new phone to figure out how to get to my timer. There it is. More is recovered in Virginia. Thank you for your service, Julie. Um, I have had a hairpin trigger from serenity to anger, like over the span of a nanosecond. And this included the forms of frustration and annoyance and irritation, all of those things I learned since coming into program are just you know different words all speaking to anger and because I'm working these steps because i've I've worked with you know someone who someone in whom the problem had been solved and was was. have been guided through these steps in order, um, and have broken through the blocks, um, the clouds, essentially, that have blocked me from my higher power sunlight. That still happens, but it doesn't go to full-blown anger, and it's resolved in a matter of seconds. I was backing into my parking spot the other afternoon and my neighbor was sitting in her car with the car door open. And so I honked as gently as I could and she turned around and she started mouthing off. She's got some mental health issues. So my first reaction was, oh, well, here she goes again. And then my second reaction was, please, God, help her to let go of this anger that thought was not from me there's no way at all in my lifetime that that thought would have ever occurred to me to instead of think about my discomfort and my annoyance, and she's in my way, and I have to pee right really quick because I've been waiting too long, and I want to go home, and i got to get in the house, and I just sat there and prayed for her. And the next time I saw her, instead of a very bad habit I used to have of confronting her about it, I smiled and I waved and I wished her a good day. These are miracles in my life this is what happens when I work the 12 steps and if you are wondering if this can work for you I promise if you thoroughly follow our path you will have this relief you will have serenity in your life and with that I pass thank you Julie
0: thank you Maura and for those who just got on the line we are reading uh, two paragraphs starting at page 70 if we have been thorough about our personal inventory and finishing up on page 71. Who, we have a
2: time for a couple more shares. Who would like to share? I'm, I'm sure Matt someone M. wants to share. Matt M,
0: one more. Jody, EQ. Okay, great. Go ahead, Madam, M, followed by Jody.
15: Thank you, Julie, for your service. Good morning, everyone. This is my personal reader. Yeah, the fourth step, I've done fourth steps before, and, you know, each one has been more honest than the last, you know. I didn't realize how much anger I was holding inside of me, how much rage I thought I was a nice person. I thought I was somebody everybody can count on, that everybody can look to. And I didn't realize how, by doing my fourth step, how manipulative I was and how much I used others to get my to, to get what I wanted. You know, I don't drive anymore because I, I don't have a car. I don't have a V. I have a light not a car, so... I've been relying so much on other people rather than I could be doing more and more things for myself, like walking, you know, to the other places near me that I can get to, like the laundromat and the bank and et cetera. And, uh, you know, I really realized that um, the fourth step is an eye-opener. It teaches me like, what I have to improve on myself and what I have to work on with others, you know, what, and when to ask for help and when not to ask for help. It teaches me to become more self sufficient. I'm learning as I go through the process that I have to do do more for myself and not less and rely less on others. And I'm learning that one day at a time. So with that I'll pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Matt. And
15: Jody EQ, you're next.
16: Good morning, everybody. This is Jody EQ recovering in California. Thank you, Julie and everyone, for your service. So this sentence here, we hope you are convinced now that God can remove whatever self-will has blocked you off from him. That sentence tells me that my, it is my self-will that blocks me off from the sunlight of the spirit. And that, that says a lot right there. What is my self-will? It's it's trying to get what I think I want, what I think I need. Trying to manipulate people and situations to get what I think I want. Am I ready to turn my will and my life over to the care of God once and for all? Can I do it once and for all? I heard someone else share that Their fears, you know, keep coming back. And that's been my experience also. Um, I've also had the experience of truly turning my will in my life over to the care of God and being relieved of my fears. But it's not a once and for all thing. I have to do it anew every single day. And some days I do it better than other days. But I keep trying, doing my best to surrender my will to God's will and pray for knowledge of God's will for my life and the power to carry that out. And I have to also acknowledge the obvious uh, connection that I do have and the guidance that I do receive and the blessings that I have received. But I have this insatiable, I think, desire to have more proof, to have more blessings. I want, I want more and always more. And it's difficult for me to be content with what I have and to focus on what I have received. I also have to remember to count my blessings and be grateful, 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 which I am, and it doesn't stop you know one every day is a day when I must carry the vision of God's will into all of my activities, and I pray that I can do that today, and with that, I pass. Thank you,
2: jody e q. We have time for one more share.
14: Harlan G.
17: Hi, my name is Nancy R. Go ahead, Harlan. Okay. Um, I'll make it short, Nancy. Maybe there'll be time for both of us. Uh, I haven't been on the line for a while. I've gone through knee replacement. I'm just so happy to be back, able to listen today. And uh, it says here, we have begun to comprehend their futility and their fatality. Talking about resentments, they're futile. They're without purpose. They're fatal. They're killing me. My whole life, I wanted to eat that rat poison and watch you die. We have commenced to see their terrible destructiveness. We have begun to learn tolerance, patience, and goodwill toward all men, even our enemies. But we look on them as sick people. Why? How do I get to there? I get there through the sick man's prayer. And in, in this. Look, I'm going to read again and again that faith could do for me what I could not do for myself. I could not make myself a person who didn't feel resentment. I could not make myself feel that I didn't have fear or insecurity. I need to work the step for that. If you have made a decision, step three, and in an inventory of your gross handicap, step four, you have made a good beginning. And how many tens of thousands of us have been dashed on the rocks because they did this work and they didn't feel this immediate change and they left and hopefully one day they'll come back. I hope to God that they do because it's a beginning. It's not the end result. It's a 12-step program. It's not a four-step program. And with that, I will pass. I'm so glad to be back. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Harlan. Welcome back.
17: And Nancy, we
0: got a couple minutes. Nancy R., if you'd
18: like to share. Yeah, thank you so much. My name is Nancy R. I am a grateful recovered, compulsive overeater. And I just wanted to uh, uh, share my gratitude uh, for working on the program. Uh, Step four was the beginning of me finding out exactly who I was. And I I started to think that I could have gone through life um, not really knowing who I am uh, just reacting, going through life, reacting to events and people, and uh, the fourth step was the beginning of me understanding me, and as a result of understanding myself, uh, beginning to understand who I truly, my authentic self. I'm not able to understand people, and I see that they're working from their character defects, and I don't take things so personally anymore. So that's all I wanted to share. I enjoyed all the shares today, as I do. Uh, This program is wonderful.
0: Thank you for letting me share. Thank you so much, Nancy R. It is now time uh, to close our meeting, but I wanted to give you the share ID for today, June 12th, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time Meeting. It's 11,524. So thank you to everyone who has shared. We will now close with the reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. And will Gina F. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only.
10: Hi, can you hear me? Yes. Okay, great. Uh, Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for a man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order.